Let's face it, Brit happens. Success is rarely a straight line. It's a journey with many twists, turns, potholes, and unwelcome detours. The secret, however, lies in how we react. Keep listening to learn how to effectively respond to life's curveballs, improve your resilience, and how winners pivot from setbacks to success. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton. Let's get started. Welcome everyone to Brit Happens. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton, and I'm incredibly excited to welcome my next guest. We have Nikkei Adebayo, who is running for 11th Circuit Court Judge, Group 55. And when she prevails, she will be the first Black woman in history to win without opposition. So this is historic. We are less than a month out from election day. Welcome. How are you? Thank you. No, thank you very much for having me. I'm good. Just trying to campaign virtually. You know, COVID has turned everything on its head. And so I just want people to stay safe and healthy, but we're good. Yes, I was just saying before we press record how amazing she looks. It doesn't look like stress has affected you whatsoever. <laughs> You're probably, <laughs> so that's a good thing. Yes. What inspired you to practice law and why are you running for circuit court judge? Absolutely. So my mom is from Niles, Ohio. My dad is from Lagos, Nigeria. So interracial relationships, obviously in the 60s and 70s, wasn't really welcome. They had, you know, adversity they had to face but always taught me to value people for who they are and that our differences shouldn't divide us, it should bring us together. They divorced and every summer I had the opportunity from about age eight to 23 to go to Nigeria, to see another country, to see laws, to see rules and they weren't enforced and people kind of just did what they wanted to. So coming home, I said, you know what? We live in a country where we have choices and consequences and I like to become involved in the judicial system. So that's kind of what inspired me to become an attorney um, as you hear me speak, I love to speak, <laughs> I love to argue and debate. So that's kind of what pushed me um, to want to become an attorney and also to help people who couldn't help themselves. I never wanted the private practice, the big firm, you know, the billable hours. I just wanted to be a, a state prosecutor or defense and just a servant leader. And what's inspiring me to run is that we need more diversity on the bench. So we have 123 judges that serve 2.3 million here in Miami-Dade County, mm -hmm. and only 11 are African-American. Wow. So our bench doesn't reflect our community. And I bring diversity to the bench as an African-American and a woman, but also in my diverse legal career. That statistic is sad. I'm curious, out of those 11, how many are women? So we have four new, actually, African-American women on the county court bench, which is amazing. Okay. That's historic. Yeah, thanks to Governor DeSantis, he did make good choices for the four African-American on county court. And on circuit court, it's just two African-American women. Okay. One who was appointed, one who did run, run without opposition, and I would be the first to win with opposition. Okay, so you kind of segued into this, but would you share with our viewers and li listeners the significance of this race? So the significance is we, again, 2.3 million in Miami-Dade County. We can't touch everybody. We have 34 municipalities. It's large. And so we're 62 also percent Hispanic. And it's just really hard to reach everybody. So the significance of winning with opposition means that everybody came out, everybody voted, because out of those 2.3 million residents, we only have 1.6 million registered voters. Mm. And out of 1.6 million registered voters, only 16% come out and vote in our primary. 
And that's a shame. Mm -hmm. We need more people out. That primary is important. Don't wait till November. Don't wait until, oh, you know, it's the president or it's the vice president. No, local elections matter. On your ballot on the 18th, mayor, school board, um, our county commissioners, some local elections, and your judges. We're at that bottom of the ballot. And we matter. We matter to decisions that are going to be made in your everyday life. Absolutely. So it's beyond just the attention that we see nationally. There's the state rep races, and like you mentioned, the local races, which I believe are the foundation of our democracy. And the judicial races fly under the radar. So I'm happy to be having this conversation. But a lot of people, I mean, they see Law and Order, or they may see some other shows, but they really don't know what you all do. So can you explain what you would do when you're on the bench? Absolutely. And I didn't even beginning watching Law and Order. I'm like, that's not what it is in the courtroom. That's not true. And then my favorite show now was All Rise with Judge Lola Carmichael. So that's who I aspire to be. And so, yeah, we watch all this TV. And even when we're prosecutors, we explain we don't have a Hummer. We don't have crime scene. We don't have text. We have witnesses that see something happen and we try to bring them to you. Or we have some evidence that we bring. Or we have no evidence and it's circumstantial and you just have to listen to to what happened. Same with the judges. For county court judges, they're the judges who are going to hear that red light traffic tickets that people get, regular traffic tickets, speeding tickets. Mm -hmm. They hear if you have a business, if you have contracts and something is being in dispute, a breach of contract that's under $30,000, your county court judges hear them. If you have landlord-tenant issues, um, you know, small business claims, that's all your county court judges. Circuit court judge, oh, sorry, county court also hears misdemeanors criminal. If you're arrested and you go under a year for a sentence, that's your criminal county court. Circuit court, they hear the higher. Over a year, you can be sentencing criminal. Possession of cocaine, burglary, all the juvenile matters. Whenever a juvenile gets in trouble, whether it's a misdemeanor or felony, circuit court hears that. Probate. We all know there's a family feud when somebody dies, and it's not the family feud you watch on TV with right. Steve Harvey. It's the family feud that they want that car, they want the house, they want something. That's your circuit court judge who hears a probate matter. Divorces, family court, circuit court. Um, your, what else the circuit court judges do? It's a lot, but they're, they, right, they affect your everyday life. Civil cases, criminal, family, uh, dependency. That's where I work now. I defend the parents who are losing rights to the children. So when DCF come knocking on your door, that's gonna okay. go to a circuit court judge. And we all have had family members, unfortunately, they get in trouble with our legal system and we need to know how to navigate it. Absolutely. And currently you own your own law firm and you practice family law, juvenile defense and personal injury. So it seems like based on your description, your experience obviously encompasses everything that you would be doing while on the bench, probably more so what on the defense and juvenile side or not necessarily? It's okay. So yeah, so the whole career when I began as a prosecutor, it was criminal and it was county court and circuit court. Then when I did the police department, um, I worked there for five years. It was civil forfeitures when somebody, you know, has something and we're trying to take it away, some money Mm -hmm. um, that comes in our car or property. So I did civil. And then in my work now, it's family. It's family, juvenile and dependency. So all I've done my whole career has tried to be well-rounded and diverse. So for such a time as this, to be on the circuit court bench and have practiced in four out of the five divisions I would be in. The only division I haven't spent a whole lot of time is in probate. And that's it. But when you come in as a new circuit court judge, they're either going to place you in criminal and or dependency delinquency. Rarely do they place you in civil cases. 
Okay. And you mentioned you began your career, you went to the University of Miami Law School and you, you interned at the Miami-Dade State Attorney's Office. That race has increasingly been more and more controversial. And I'm not sure where you, her opponent, Melba Pearson, were you guys also co yeah. So yeah, so Melba and I both started at the state attorney's office in 1997. And I was able to stay, she uh, had to leave, take a leave of absence, and then she came back to the state attorney's office. So yeah, we worked together as prosecutors under uh, Rundle for some time. Okay, so I know, I mean, and what, I'm not sure whether you want to answer or not. That, okay. Right. So for me, right. So let me tell you, so, cause I have a lot of friends running, right? So we have Keone McGee running against Marlon Hill. We have Rundle and we have um, Melba Pearson. We have Oliver Gilbert and Sabrina Fulton. So all the races for us, for judicial candidates, we cannot get involved in any races. We cannot speak on the races just for partisan. Everybody wants to know, are you a Democrat and Republican? And I understand, I get why people want to know, but judges are nonpartisan. We're to sit there, we're to be fair and impartial because everybody who votes for Oliver, I need their vote and everybody who votes for Sabrina. Same thing, everybody who votes for Rundle, I need everybody who votes for Melba to vote for me. So we unfortunately don't you know, get in. I think they're very two good candidates in all the races and I think everybody needs to do their due diligence. We all have websites. Please research your candidates. Don't just go and say, pick this one, pick that one. Do your research. We appreciate your research. Right. I think that's actually a blessing. Like you said, we all have friends. Uh, this is a, a very competitive environment. So we want all the support regardless of party affiliation and not to right. ruin any friendships as well. And doing your research is imperative. Unfortunately, a lot of people either go just by name recognition. So you have to be out there all the time, but you want to know why you're bubbling. So whether you mail in your ballot or you're going out there with your mask and shield, why are you voting for this person? And what effect does this have in my future and that of my family? So how long would your term be? Six years. So okay. judges, um, right. So judges, there's two ways we can get elected or appointed. So as I stated earlier, some of the new judges got appointed by the governor and it's a JNC process, it's the Judicial Nominating Committee. 10 attorneys sit on that, but those 10 attorneys are also appointed by the governor. Okay. So even though they say, you know, it's not political, we all know this is all political. So you do your best. I have filled out that application. I have been granted an interview by the JNC in the past. I haven't made it out of committee because once they interview you, they then pick four to six uh, attorneys to come out of the committee and go before the governor for the governor to choose. Okay. So I said, you know what? I got a lot of good girlfriends and guy friends, a good support. I've talked to a lot of judges that I've practiced before over these 20 years and asked them, would I make a good judge? What do you think about me running? Mm -hmm. Because I don't do this by myself. I don't do this alone. I do it with the support of people who say, hey, you can do this. Because I'm like, I'll just sit back and keep applying till it's my turn. But they said, nope, let's run a race. So I ran last year for county court. Um, a retired judge was leaving, uh, Judge Aretha Lundy Thomas, a black female. Mm -hmm. And so I did run a race against a Hispanic female. Unfortunately, I lost. She won. And it's just, you know, I don't look at it as failure. It's your first attempt in learning. So I'm back for round two. My name's out there, and hopefully this time the voters will, you know, come out and vote and vote for me since I believe, of course, I'm the best candidate in Group 55. Well, we're happy to see you back. This is obviously a very courageous thing to do, so I'm happy that your inner circle convinced you to, one, run the first time and come back. I remember one of my Link sisters actually was advocating for you at one of our meetings, and then I was like, <laughs> okay, hey. So, yeah. 
Can you tell us and share what your greatest legal accomplishment has been? I think just having the reputation of a very, being a very good attorney. So for attorneys, reputation is everything. When you begin, you know, as a prosecutor right out of law school, 23 years old, you're going up against heavy hitters, what we, you know, call people who have been practicing for, for over 20 years. Um, and I had a case against H.T. Smith. I was petrified. I was scared. He put a motion. And so I called somebody who knew him. So I wrote my motion and I got in there, you know, shaking at the podium. And all of a sudden, H.T. says, said, is Miss Adebayo says she's going to use the evidence that I will withdraw my motion. I believe her. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even have to argue. I didn't have to say anything. I just, because your reputation follows you. And as an attorney, that's it. So for me to have a reputation like that back then and just you know, made it my um, mission and my purpose to continue that reputation to now to be able to run for judge and even have, as a prosecutor, I went up against defense attorneys all the time and now they're you know, in my corner mm-hmm. from knowing them back then. Yes, I'm a defense attorney now and I have a lot of the state now on my side saying you know, she would make a great judge. So. I mean, for me, that's my best accomplishment. I also did win an award, a professional award. So my name is what we say on the wall of honor um, in the children's courthouse and it's oh, nice. for professionalism. So yeah, so I don't, we have a picture wall and a name wall. I got a name wall. I'll okay. get the picture wall one day. <laughs> <laughs> so you have, and, and maybe you brushed upon this briefly, but in terms of the depth of your experience, you've been practicing for 20 years, I read? Okay. Yes, a little over 20 years. 20 years. And I always find it interesting when people work, I guess, on the prosecution side and then go to the defense side. Did you ever feel like some of the cases you were trying, I know it's your job, but it's maybe a conflict between what you're being asked to try and what your personal stance or moral stance is? Yeah, no, absolutely. So as a prosecutor, you know, you're given all these cases and you're told, you know, go. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're trained, you know, somewhat to, to do it. So yeah, there were a few cases that I had that I said, you know what, I really don't believe the officer in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, or I don't believe a witness or I don't even sometimes I didn't believe a victim. Mm-hmm. And so those cases are very hard. But we as prosecutors have discretion. We don't have a whole lot. But I was one that I said, listen, I'll write you a five page memo as to why not, or why this person should get a you know reduced sentence. Because I'm always going to do the right thing, whether it's a prosecutor, you know, or a defense. Doing the right thing has been my mission. So I love like Olivia Pope and Scandal wearing the white hat. So I was always, you know, they're like, here comes Nikkei. Here she comes with another five page memo. And I'll sit down with a victim and I'll say, listen, this is what I have. This is what we're up against, you know, and I've had victims break down and say, you know, no, it didn't happen or it didn't happen like this or I'm so sorry. You know, one case that stuck out in mind was a young black male in the juvenile division and the victim was saying that, you know, he raped her. And so I just, you know, kept talking to the victim and everything else. Come to find out it was consensual sex and she was just very embarrassed about it to tell her parents. He was ROTC, 5,000 role models, and this could have ruined his life. So I, as a prosecutor, look really, you know, intently into my cases. And if I have a case, I have a case. And if I don't, I'm not gonna do it. Okay. That's awesome to hear. Thank you for sharing. And you mentioned 5,000 role models. That's one of the civic organizations you're involved in. I know you're also past president of the Gwen Cherry Women's Lawyers Association. There's a long list. Can you share with us some of your, I know I'm going to have you share your website in a little bit. No problem. So yeah, so I've always been a, a servant leader from my public service in my career. 
to, you know, um, just wanting to do it in my private life as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm a past president of the Gwyneth Sherry Black Women Lawyers Association. That was in 2012. I've been a board member of them since 2007. A uh, past president, a uh, past uh, mentor of Women of Tomorrow for our young ladies. Okay. Uh, a current mentor and role, uh, role model for 5,000 role models. Mm -hmm. And also worked with the Women's Breast and Health Initiative, Heart Health Initiative, and went knocked on doors to make sure our uninsured women have free mammograms. Also a former teen court judge, yeah. also for juveniles. So as you see, most of my career is juveniles because I'm gravely concerned. I don't want to see them end up in the felony division. So anything that I can do to help our youth, I do in the underserved and the underprivileged. So yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. And I want to give you one last opportunity before we get to our fire round. This would be historic, like we said in the beginning. But aside from you being a Black woman and there's a huge disparity and, and it's not reflective of our community, why should we vote for you? So I ask, humbly ask for your vote because of my diverse legal career. Having began my service at the state attorney's office, then going to the Miami-Dade Police Department, actually back to the state attorney's office to do community outreach. I was in all the places that the state attorney could not be in, crime watches, gun buyback, toys for Todd, anything that community policing, we encourage, meaning that the police work with the community to make sure their community is better. So you empower the people, mm -hmm. as well as not be scared of the officers or scared to, as we say, to snitch and everything else like that. You empower the community. And now being a defense attorney, running my own practice, as you stated, but also working for the Office of Criminal um, and civil conflict. So I defend parents who are losing rights to the kids. Okay. So I bring a very, very diverse career to the bench. Um, I've practiced, as I stated, in four out of the five divisions I would be placed in. I've had over 50 jury trials. There's nothing like a trial experience. As a judge, you're providing, presiding over trials. You have to know how to have a trial, mm -hmm. whether it's civil, criminal, um, family, um, probate, you have to have had trials mm -hmm. to run trials. And that's what I bring to the bench. Thank you. This was very informative, thank you. But now I wanna know a little bit more of your casual side, if you don't mind sharing. So this is the fire round. So I'm gonna okay. ask you just quick questions and you spit out the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. <laughs> what was the last thing that you ordered on Amazon? Masks for my baby, baby masks. Oh, okay. how old is your baby? He's five. Well, I forgot to talk about him. So I'm married. I have, I've been with my husband 14 years, married for 10. And I have a son. He's five years old. Um, we actually adopted him in, from the system. So he was three weeks oh, when he nice. came to us. And now he's five. And my husband's like, these masks are too big and he's sweating. We oh. want the ones you get at the hospital, at the doctor's office for him. So that's the last thing I oh, put it on Amazon. I'm going to have to, my niece is almost three. So I'm going to have to buy a little baby one as yes, well. Yes, yes, because you tie the other ones for them and you know, they don't like them, they irritate their ears, right. but he's playing yeah, little training basketball now, so he has to wear his little mask. So we just- Is that him in the cute picture on your website? Yes, that's him. parents are, maybe that's your husband I was trying to yeah. put it together. Okay. Right, so my dad's Nigerian on one side, you okay. have my mom who's Caucasian, and then my husband and I in the middle and the baby. Oh, I love that picture. Okay, yeah. thank you for giving him a shout out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what is, your biggest pet peeve? Biggest pet peeve. I think not cleaning up after yourself. So of course I have two boys, my <laughs> husband and my son. So they're not picking up after themselves. I'm like, mommy got less than 30 days. We need to teamwork. Right. We need to do this. Right. So yeah, probably, oh, you know what? 
Brittany, when I was in college, I hated this. People would put the whole pot in the fridge. Oh, versus the Tupperware, or like, that's an, that is annoying. Just wash the dishes or put it away. Okay, that's, that's a big one. So you're, you're very big on cleanliness, I can tell. Yes, yes. Okay, awesome. If you had a 100% chance of succeeding, what would you attempt to do? Oh, bring people with me. So I have to hire a JA, I have to hire a bailiff. So I'm always about reach one, teach one. So it's and, and mentoring and going back and speaking to the young brown and black girls and saying, you know, we can do it. You can do this. I love this. I, I love being in this position. Win or lose, draw, I will continue to mentor. I love it. And this is something that I wanted you to talk about too. I incorrectly pronounce your name Nike, but can you maybe give some Absolutely. background in terms of the, the campaign? Sure. I thought it was yeah. very clever. Yeah, so sure. So the whole name is Ola Nike Adebayo. Ola Nike meaning God takes care of wealth. And so Nike, of course, in the Greek means victory. So it's kind of, you know, tied together. So I am using N-I-K-E and saying Nike just for the campaign because they teach you, you know, three seconds, you're going to see a sign, three seconds, what are you going to remember about the sign? Okay. So it's Nike. And then when I speak to the Spanish community, I said, con los tenis, so they can recognize that it's Nike. Clever. Yeah, so, you know, I really try. But yes, it's Nike for the campaign. But for those, you know, who know me, and when I do succeed to the bench, it's Nikkei. Okay, or your honor, or... Yes, or your honor, or Judge Adebayo. And Adebayo is kind of easy now because we have Bam Adebayo from the Miami Heat. Right. So he helped my name become yes. more of a household name. So, you know, and I've met him and he's a nice young man. Oh, he's so nice. So, oh, yeah. that would be a cool partnership. I know, like you mentioned, it's, it's almost crunch time, but still, I yeah. feel like everything counts. Everything counts, yep. Please share, what is your Instagram and Facebook account name? Sure, so it's at Nike for Judge, F-O-R, um, LinkedIn the same, and Twitter. And mm -hmm. then um, the website is Nike, F-O-R, Judge.com. And on the website, you can learn more about me. You mm -hmm. can, you know, like on Facebook. We need you to vote, like, share, comment. Just get the word out. Because I, again, I can't reach 2.3 million. I do it by reaching you. And then you reach out and you tell others, and again, you know, to do their research. So yeah, I spoke right. to the, the, your Link sisters. I'm a, a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Um, you know, I just get out, anybody who have me, as you see, <laughs> I will speak and make sure I can get my name out there so people know um, who to vote for and when to vote. I'm really excited for you. And like I mentioned before, looking forward to connecting face-to-face -face when it's safe. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate the opportunity and the fact that you're taking your time to inform people about all different races. So I thank you. My hat's off to you. Thank you. I really enjoy it. All right. Punch yeah. 310 for the win. I forgot my punch number. Punch okay, 310 for the win. Fine. And it's we win. Not just I win. We win. So 310, we win. You get a great judge with a great temperament, a great background, and we'll bring that to the bench. It's here for the people to serve you. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode of Brit Happens. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, or Google. You can also find me online at www.brithappens.com and on social media, Instagram or Facebook at Brittany Sharpton. See you next time.